Technology is great when it works. Okay. I want to welcome everybody in this evening. Uh, I've got James Arthur and Prashiva Ray. Close. (laughs) It's good. (laughs) (laughs) Authors, great people. Thanks for making some time for me this afternoon. Hey, it's our our pleasure, Jim. Thanks for having us. So you're you're here to talk about hormonic wealth, and I'm in the spiritual summer bit, so I've seen there's some spiritual ties to all of what you're talking about, so I think this is going to be fun. It's kind of a big reach because I've been talking about all sorts of other things, but we'll make it work because that's what I do around here. Take the big reaches from time to time. Well, so, well, I, we believe it's all spiritual. So probably everything you're talking, everything is is infused with with spirit or the life force. So yeah. everything's fair game, Jim. So talk to me about hormonic wealth, because that's I mean, obviously, I want to make sure we get that promoted before we get too too far in the weeds, because that's why you're here. Well, I I took on this large project, uh, a pretty aggressive goal to redefine wealth back in 2006. And I haven't been totally successful. Hopefully I've been a little bit successful. My, my book was a New York times bestseller. And Mm -hmm. if you ask the vast majority of people, what wealth means instantaneously, they're going to say something about money. But if you trace the etymology of the word wealth back to its origins, it literally translates as well-being. So Mm -hmm. it really doesn't, doesn't have anything to do with money because Beersheba and I work with a lot of people who make a tremendous amount of money and they don't have a lot of well-being. In fact, Jim, the fact is, in my experience, our experience, that the only people who worry more about money than the financially poor are the financially rich. Because when you have more, you have more to lose, if that makes sense to you. Oh, yeah. Harmonic wealth is a state of harmony and well-being in what I call the five pillars of life, the five key areas. Financial is one of them. Financial, relational, mental, mental, physical, and spiritual. And when those are in harmony, then you truly have well-being. And so that that's the gist of the concept of harmonic wealth. And it was it was a very successful concept, and I, I believe it's still applicable here in 2023, as it was all the way back in 2006, which when it was initially published. Which um, it is. I mean, it maybe a timeless work because I mean we're going to be dealing with those factors, well, forever. I I would assume unless we figure out this wealth thing and get yeah. those people squared away. But okay, so but your two, you guys' journey started. I'll say years ago. I'm not going to put the year on it. But how did you two come become connected and start working together and all that fun stuff? Why don't you start uh, off with yours? It, it's a it's a galloping good adventure, actually. Well, okay. So I met him when he. Well, do you want me to jump into your story? Yeah, and go, how I met go for you? it. Okay, well, he just got right out of prison. So yeah, <laughs> and your viewers are going. Yeah. How, what? how many of your guests can say that? When I was in prison. <laughs> Um, but anyway, nonetheless, <laughs> well, a few, but that, that's, <laughs> well, then, then we're in good company. Yeah. We're in good company. So anyway, go ahead. Bersel. Yeah. I was in a rough spot in my life and, uh, he just got out of prison and it was the first event that he was back at speaking again. Wait, wait. So it's hard to believe that you're in a better spot than him, but he just got out of prison. So when okay. you say you're in a rough spot, you had to have been in a rough spot. Whoa, yeah, it's all you can't really compare it like that. And then if you put it that way, it's kind of relative, but it's all relative. I know. I'll just just pick it on it just for a moment because you know, we just had that fun. Okay, sorry. 
No, you're all good. <laughs> no, I would say because of probably because of what he went through, it resonated with me and the message that he was giving. And what attracted to me at, to him at that time was the fact that he was raw and real. And as far as, you know, the industry um, of personal development, they're really not, that's not been my experience. It's always like, oh, everything is great, put on a happy face, you know, and this, that. And it doesn't resonate with people, people that are actually in pain and suffering and so forth. And his was different. It was a different message. So I was interested in that. And I wanted some of that. And I was at a, I was a, at a point in my life where I was kind of starting over, having to start over because I just gotten out of a uh, divorce. So then I went to work for him. And um, yeah, from there, we uh, fought the idea of being in a relationship together. And fast forward, we're married now. So yeah, and <laughs> 10 years just, later. Let me just say, for those who are married, you can relate to this, or the guys anyway, who are, are viewing this. Uh, for the first three years, we weren't a couple. She worked for me. Yeah. Now we're married and I work for her. I just had my uh, 17th wedding anniversary the other day. Yep. Oh, that's that's 100% accurate. <laughs> Good for That's you. That's awesome. Good for you. Yeah. If, if everybody asks me, well, can you do this or that? I said, get it with my scheduler. I don't know. I'm just <laughs> going along. With it. I wake up and get handed a sheet of paper. This is what I'm doing today. So this is what I'm doing today. <laughs> yeah, I, pretty much. <laughs> I, I tell, I'm with you. I'm totally with you. So <laughs> I know how that goes. Okay. So what were you speaking about back in the day? Um, I The same thing that I really deal with now, my mm. latest book, Jim, um, is called the business of redemption and redemption. The word redemption is used a lot in, in spiritual and religious circles. And I'm totally in alignment with that. And yet again, being a student of language, if you trace the etymology sound familiar back to, to <laughs> the origins of redemption, it literally translates as to gain or regain something by paying the price. And so that's what, we really work on and talk about a lot today is because I, I think every single one of us needs redemption. If there's, if there's anything you haven't yet had in your life that you'd like to gain, or if there's something you once had and you've lost it and you'd like to regain it, mm -hmm. then what you need is redemption because that's the definition of the word. But here's the key thing is you have to be willing to pay the price. There's always a price for the prize. And the bigger the prize you're going after, the bigger the price you must pay. So if we want to look at the world today, I'm I'm fully convinced that we all individually need redemption. Uh, our relationships need redemption. Our country needs redemption. The world needs redemption. We we need we've gotten really off track in so many ways. And that's why it appears to be so chaotic around us, because we've kind of lost our our true north if you will and if you want to talk more about that we certainly can but that's mm -hmm. that's what i was talking about all the way back in 2013 when i first got out of prison and and as as Bersaba mentioned and she was in the audience and we're still talking about that today the message has has fleshed out because when i got out of prison 10 years ago jim in 2013 i was i was homeless i was alone and I was $20 million in debt just 10 years ago. And, and so now fast forward, I'm certainly not alone anymore. Thank God. 
I'm not homeless as we come to you from our media studio here in our home. And the debt has been retired. And, mm -hmm. and so a lot of things have changed. I, I literally have redeemed. I've, I've gained a lot and regained some, but I probably gained much more than I have regained because I'm a better human being and I'm more humble and I'm more awake, I believe, because of the challenges that I went through. So with, with this middle book was sandwiched in there the price of readership, which is always a fascinating topic for me. So tell me a little bit about that, and then we'll start to um, devolve into the, the mass of the conversation. Well, that's that's the the business of redemption, and the subtitle is the price of leadership. Oh. And and that's okay. Um, I'm, I'm firing my notes here. No. Yeah, <laughs> I would fire yeah. my producer, but he'll, he'll keep coming back. So no. <laughs> that, that's okay. Um, but I would. I'm glad you brought up the subtitle because so many people they say, "Oh, it's a book," and it came out in the business section, by the way, not in personal performance, which is normally the genre I've written in. But it came out in the business section. A lot of people say, well, I'm not a leader. I don't have a title. I don't have a position. I don't have enough followers. I don't make enough money. Irrelevant. Irrelevant. Leadership has nothing to do with any of those things. You lead your life. You lead your relationships. Mm -hmm. And you lead your business, period. And so every single one of us is a leader in our own right. And so that's the price of leadership is to pay the price of of whatever you're going after. And the bigger the prize you're going after, the bigger the price you must pay. And so many people are just not willing, particularly in today's world, to pay the price. They want the government to do, that for, do it for them. They want their student loan paid off. They want, you know, all these different things to be handed to them. And that's just not how the world works. So well, we're, we're neck deep in leadership and leadership and all this other stuff. But we've mentioned the five pillars. How do we keep that balance going between any of the five of them? Because I'm picturing the old apple cart, right? You get out of alignment and it starts to wobble. Of course, the cart's got two wheels, so I don't know what. Maybe it's a car then, I guess. It has four I don't know. So how do we keep them all kind of in the same place? Well, we don't. And, and <laughs> you know, you used, you used a curse word in my world, which is balance. balance. Because I say balance is baloney you know people who talk about balance and there's so many people out there yeah. live a balanced life and be balanced and all the, and, and not one of them jim is balanced not one of them <laughs> is balanced they're just not you know balance is is stasis it's static it doesn't move well quantum physics tells us everything in this universe is comprised of energy and energy is always in a state of motion it has a frequency and it's always in a state of motion. And so balance is not realistic. What is, is harmony. Now here's the difference is harmony is dynamic. It, it's much more like an orchestra mm. versus a scale in perfect balance. You know, sometimes in an orchestra, you're leading with the drums. Let's say those, let's say that's your finances. Sometimes you're leading with the woodwinds. Let's say that's your relationship. Sometimes you're leading with the brass section, but they all come together to create this perfect tapestry called the music. And, and yet it's dynamic. And so when you look at the five pillars, financial, relational, mental, physical, spiritual, what you have to do is to put energy towards each one of them continuously, not the same amount of energy. Mm -hmm. 
just because you spend 10 hours at work doesn't mean you have to spend 10 hours in the gym to be healthy and fit. Thank God. Right. <laughs> um, you know, and, and so even with your family, you know, just because you spend 10 hours at work and I'm only using that because a lot of us do that doesn't mean you spend, have to spend 10 hours with each of your children. You, but you've got to invest in, in everything, give some energy towards all of those things, financial, relational, mental, physical, spiritual, because if you don't, then you break and you find a void and the weakest yeah. link in the chain always breaks the chain. I hope that makes sense to you. Uh, it makes perfect sense to me. I was kind of setting you up because I knew where you're headed. <laughs> I like getting people irritated because they get fired up and they start telling good stories. Uh, <laughs> no, but. Now, I'm going to shift gears a little bit. We're going to kind of, like I said, we're going to get deeper in the weeds. Um, leadership comes at a price. But what, let's say you're at a company and um, you're up for a promotion and you don't get it. How do you deal with that? Because that's going to definitely cause a ripple in your harmony and your ego because you should, you should get a job and you don't get it. How do you pursue that? You want to take a stab at that one? How to pursue a job if you don't get it. Maybe you're not meant to get it. <laughs> Oh, talk, <laughs> to, talk to more about that one. That's a, that's good. Oh, well, I mean, it depends what the situation is. Sometimes, you know, what happens to us that we see as a curse or some something crappy turns out to be a gift. So it could be very much that. And if your ego gets hurt, well, then tough stuff, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, and 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 not just tough stuff, but what can you learn? Well, you know, yeah, every situation is a learning opportunity. You know, That's how you have to look at it. How can you grow from this? How mm -hmm. can you become better from this? I, that happened to me at AT&T. I, I had an yeah. entire career, mm -hmm. 13 years at AT&T. And this is, Oh wait, you're the guy I need to talk to about my poor cell phone service. Hold on. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's been a long time, <laughs> a long time ago, but um, I left there in 92 but nonetheless, um, and this is going to be very applicable to what's going on in the world today. I was slated for a management promotion to manage one of their then retail outlets. Mm. And my, my boss was really excited to tell me that I got the job and I was going to get the promotion. Well, fast forward a week later, she called me in her office and she said, hey, you're not going to get it because we have to fulfill an EEO uh, quotient and promote a woman and she goes i'm really sorry and, and that was disappointing it was incredibly disappointing you know because i was the one that was slated for the job and i deserved the job and i worked hard for the job and so you know what what you have to do life is disappointing in many many ways and yet what you have to do is say how ask yourself the tough questions how can i learn from this how can i grow from this how can i continue to persevere keyword persevere mm -hmm. even though i didn't get what i wanted in the near term well the long answer or the short answer to a long story <laughs> is that i got i got a much bigger better promotion i became a yeah. national sales trainer for at&t which put me on a stage for the first time in my career and i felt the magic and that's exactly where I was meant to be. So going back to Bersaba's comment, I wasn't meant to be in that position. And there's a grander plan in play than what most of us can can comprehend. And that's where faith comes in. Yeah, as I say, that's that spiritual aspect that we were talking about. That's right. Mm -hmm. Because 
it is it's easy to get caught up in the day right you were probably i mean that day that week you were probably well i'll say it pissed to the world mm-hmm. because you you know and then how long was that gap between the getting to uh it was probably six months yeah and there you are six months later doing something way better but in the short term it was very frustrating so yeah. now that you're up on stage all the time so what kind of groups are you speaking to what what's because I'm imagining there's a lot of people in those groups that think they should be up there speaking or running the company or no, any, any, any of the checkboxes no, above, right? right? Today's called. Who told you that? Are you serious, Jim? <laughs> yeah. No, there's no posers. I, I I I did a I did a survey of your last audience. They, they said they could do a. Oh wait. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, I, I believe that it's unfortunate. It's more common than it, not. It's more common than not in in this uh, yeah. social media world. You know that. And unfortunately, Embarrassable and I were just talking about this over breakfast this morning. There's so many people who want to get all the glory, if you will, or the spotlight without paying the, the price or, or making the sacrifice doing the work. and doing the work. And and, you know, it's just it's unfortunate because what we what we have so frequently in today's world is a lot of book reports. It, yeah. If you follow me, <laughs> yeah. people hear they read a book and all of a sudden they're, they're an expert to talk on a topic mm-hmm. or or I can't tell you how many times my thoughts are stolen and used on social media, but I'm not quoted. They, they're put forth as if they're that person's thoughts. And and so, yes, it, it happens a lot. It happens more often than than is really integrous and yet and yet here's here's the reality and i'll answer your original question because that was kind of a two-tiered question the the reality is if you don't have a depth of experience it's going to end up coming around to haunt you because if someone asks you a question and you don't have a depth of experience then you're going to end up going nowhere you're not going to know how to answer because you don't have the experience um what kind of audiences and, and Bersaba and I come in a package. We, we do presentations together. She runs because it's a multimedia presentation. Mm-hmm. She runs all the audio visual and, and the music and which I guess is audio, audio visual and all of that. <laughs> it's different. Head. I understand. Trust me. He, he's just yeah. the guy that talks. I understand yeah. there's a difference. <laughs> right. So, so we speak primarily to entrepreneurial groups mm-hmm. Now, there's exceptions to that because we also do a lot of business consulting work, too. So uh, we speak to leadership groups. We speak to entrepreneurial groups. We speak to sales organizations because I have a, a big history and background. I have a very complex background. And I hadn't you know, noticed that yet. But. You, you've, <laughs> you've mentioned that the spiritual aspect a couple of times. I, I came out, my last job at AT&T was as a C-suite consultant at AT&T School of Business. So I worked with CEOs and vice presidents and presidents on things like leadership and team performance and culture change. And those are the things that we do together today when we go into a business. And yet I've also studied with the Iowa Scaro in the jungles of the Amazon I've trekked to 17,000 feet with a Toltec shaman and and studied with my Toltec shaman mentor for numerous years in Peru, back and forth and back and forth. 
I've, I've been initiated into two mystery schools, three shamanic orders. And so you might say I have a really complex background. I have, I have this ben, business foundation, which I owe to, to AT&T, a great debt of gratitude. My traditional schooling is in behavioral sciences and psychology. And then I've got all this mystical exposure to call it spiritual that I bring to the forefront. So what, going back to where we started, Jim, it's all spiritual. You know, you said you get into a lot of weeds, your, your words, and, and you get off on tangents and, and it's all spiritual because everything is spiritual. Making money is spiritual. You know, relationships are spiritual. Everything is animated by the same life yeah. force. Yeah. And that's the fun part of it all. Right. So as you're traveling around the world and you're talking entrepreneurship and spiritual, how, how, how does the message get received? I'm assuming it's different in different cultures and different places. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I think with businesses is different. We don't come out from the spiritual aspect side of it. We do in an undertone way because it is all spiritual. And yet um, all the principles are uh, you could apply them across the board to everyone. So in a business environment, we, we say it's the people that need to that that make the business and we work on the culture of the of the business and what their belief systems are and so forth um let's see the more of the people that we have uh, events for or seminars workshops for then you know all the gloves come off on those <laughs> <Anything> <laughs> goes on that. <laughs> the, the more they get into the curriculum yes. the more we start to be more blatantly spiritual like we have yeah. we have an event starting in two weeks yes we have a 17 week uh, course mm -hmm. uh, every monday night for 17 weeks two hours on monday night called modern magic and and it's all about <laughs> you know some of the things that that i well, i just did a card trick for you, you weren't paying attention sorry <laughs> yeah no, it's, not, it's not stage magic it's it's the ability to create willful change in the fabric of your universe mm. both spiritually and materially is how we define magic and and it really is grounded in Bersheba and i both have a background in mystery trainings and kabbalistic uh technology which is very complex and, and incredibly profound sure. about how how to literally um, be able to shape shift your reality mm -hmm. and and that sounds really esoteric and yet quantum physics tells us that you're a magical being if you if you study physics which i have for about two decades it tells you you have the ability to shape shift your reality you have that within you now do most of us use it no not consciously we use it to our detriment because we don't know how the universe works and so when you learn how the universe works then you learn how to work with the universe versus having it work against you i'm assuming this is more than the repeating of the same i want to be a billionaire bit that some people yeah. out there are pushing yes <laughs> Yes, in, in fact, it's a I hear complex than that. Yeah, uh, way more complex. <laughs> you said complex, but I had I had I wanted to level down into it a little bit. Yeah, thanks for getting granular. You know the the. <laughs> yeah. In fact, the 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 wanting enforces the not having. So the very the very statement "I want to be a billionaire" 
is reinforcing that you're not. That you're not. <laughs> and so, so one of the greatest ways to create something in your life is to not need it. And it's certainly not wanted. If you try language is powerful, Jim. If, if you just try on the word I want and, and you can feel there's there's this contraction, there's this there's mm-hmm. this longing, there's this void. And and so, yes, it's, it's a lot more complex than than doing affirmations and or <laughs> writing down key words and replace and repeating them over and over again. Yeah. Yeah, a couple, let's see. Well, this was 2019, pre-COVID. I was going to say last summer, and then I realized COVID happened, and I lost a couple years. Uh, (laughs) um, I was having some issues with my fibroid, and I kept saying, I'm going to keep going until the well runs dry, over and over again. I knew I wasn't right, but I couldn't, you know, know, bouncing from doctor to doctor trying to figure it out. Oh, I'm just going to keep going until the well runs dry. Keep going until the well runs dry. Now, one day I woke up, and my well was dry. Was dry. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm like, oh shit! What did I just do to myself? Now I, I don't feel good, and now I don't have water. Now, <laughs> so yeah. the power of words has become um, really for 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 most in my my mind after that. So that's why I was just kind of throwing that one out there because I know that the power that does happen. Yeah, the, the, wow. this is a technology. I see, I see you're chomping on something. Go for it. <laughs> yeah, this is a technology that's as old as time. You know, yeah. if you if you go to the New Testament, for instance, in the book of John, it says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God. Now, I'll stop there and let your viewer unpack that for themselves. But if if the Word is God, well, what's God? God is the creative source. And so so words are incredibly powerful. Now, now back up to the book of Genesis, and it says in Genesis chapter 1, verse 3, and God said, let there be light. All was dark and void, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. And so, so yes, one of the things that we teach consistently is that there's tremendous power in the language that you choose and the words that you choose, so it's pretty wise to choose them wisely or your well will run yeah, you said something you, yeah i was gonna say i noticed you said something earlier about what not wanting it now how do we i mean some things are obvious right but how do we set that mindset i'm trying to work help you out here how do we go from that want to the other side of that coin okay i mean so, i know Always want to got half an hour left. I'm sure you. I'm sure you want to run hard, but go ahead. Yeah, no, 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 no. This is yeah. this is good. So, so tell me, tell me one thing that you would choose to create in your life. You have you have a goal or an intention of some sort. Well, it, oh yeah, you know it's to have that in one one uh, your willing credibility. You know that whole next look. Greater credibility. Yeah. To, well, okay. I'll just throw this one out there. I'm, yeah. Greater credibility. Let's I mean, work like with you, that. you're a New York Times bestseller. That sounds fun. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. Be careful what you ask for, Jim. It, it's not that <laughs> because I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, you know, a couple of things about that. Let me riff on that for a minute. Um, I made a million two fifty advance on my book, Harmonic Wealth. And everyone goes, oh my God, that's a lot of money. Well, it is. And, and yet, 
let's look, let's unpack that a little bit, because first of all, um, I had to hire a publicist who cost 30 grand a month. Okay. So work the numbers on that one. And then I had to hire a writing partner who, <laughs> who cost $150,000 and, and plus bonuses. And then I had to pay for all my airfare to be on the today show and the Oprah and on Larry King live. They don't pay you to be on those shows and they don't pay you to get there. Well, Oprah paid the second time, but not the first time. And you, you have to pick up your own expenses. And so, so I, you know, start adding up the money. Mm -hmm. And what I ended up with was poultry from that million too. So it's, it's not all this cracked up to be. And I was on the road nonstop and, and then I didn't get paid for the book sales until they made back a million too. I didn't make a dollar until they made back that, that dance. And so, so be careful what you ask for. And then things went sideways in my life because I was a public figure and New York times bestselling author. If I'd have been a, no one knew who he was, what happened for me that sent me to prison wouldn't have even been a blip on the screen, but because I was quote who I was, it blew up in the media and because I'd been all over the media. Yeah. And, and so be careful what you ask for. I'm not telling you not to ask for anything, but let's go back to greater credibility. So yeah. let me, let me ask you, let me ask you where you do have credibility. Uh, within in the paranormal, in the paranormal world, because that's normally where I stay within the ghost, the spiritual realm. Okay. But as you, I'm sure as you, as you hear that, you think that's a niche and there's people out there who, you know, the UFO crowd that wear the tinfoil hat. It's easy. I mean, I don't have credibility with them because I tell the truth, but you know what I'm saying? Like there's a certain sector of people that hear that and see that kind of crowd and like, uh, that's no good. Okay. Okay. But so then the point is you do have credibility. Yeah. In, in your niche. Mm. Correct. So yeah. when you say I'd like to have greater credibility, what is that? Or I want to have greater credibility. What does that really mean? In in what arena? Just the general interview, like be able to get more people like you, the next level of guests to kind of separate from the mm. tinfoil hat crowd to get up to that out of the mud, so to speak. Well, I'll say it. That'll probably piss, well, piss the people off, but... <laughs> Yeah, well, I I, appreciate, <laughs> I I think I appreciate the sentiment. I Bearsaw actually wore a tent. Well, I'm saying you're I'm saying you're above ground, so yeah. <laughs> you know, she can tell you her her tinfoil hat story because she has one. Uh, I don't. Yes, you do. <laughs> you want to hear it, don't you, Jim? What tinfoil? I do. Of course, I do. Dad oh, and, and the whole... come on! Throw the whole family under the bus. <laughs> No, but go ahead. So, yeah. So, do you have credibility? So, you now? have credibility <laughs> in your niche. It, and, and so, here's, here's the thing I would say to you stop. Maybe God, if you believe in God, about 93% yeah. of people in, in the world or in America believe in God, and about 85% of people in the world believe in God. So, 
chances are great that your viewer believes in God. I certainly believe in God. And if you believe in God, then God has given you a gift of credibility in the field that you're in. And so the wanting to do something else is maybe not why you're here. Maybe that's not your purpose. And I, I don't know that, Jim, because I've just met you. But I've, I'll tell you, I'll give you one that's that's so common. We we do intensive work. Beersheba is, is an incredible intuitive, which you'll appreciate. Um, yep. And she does intuitive sessions with people back to back every week. And and there's so many people and I do intensive work, coaching, executive coaching with mm -hmm. people. But it's common for both of us. So many people have credibility in an area. They have gifts they've been given. And yet they're constantly thinking the grass is greener on the other side. You know, oh, I, you know, I'm really good with kids. Mm. But what I really want to be is a coach. Well, why do you want to be a coach? Do you really want to be a coach? Because I'll tell you from my experience, coaching is not that exciting. It's more frustrating than exciting because most people, you know what they need to do and you tell them, but they won't do it. And that it, it becomes frustrating. So so how about if you take your unique gifts mm -hmm. and become masterful at them? If, if most of us put as much energy into the gifts God has given us and becoming masterful of those, as we did at trying to do something we think is more exciting and sexy, then, then we would become masterful and we'd be much more happy and mm -hmm. fulfilled. I hope that makes sense to you. Oh, it does. So now I've got to ask Bear a question because she mentioned intuitive. Now I've got to ask because, you know, this is kind of my arena. I figured you uh -oh. like. She's looking at paying attention now. Um, <laughs> when, when you're reading people, are how does that go? Because I, I've I've had a reading from a medium, and I'll throw her cleanly under the bus at this moment, who told me I had seven kids. I'm, oh. I'm a semi-public figure on the internet. I've got two. Like, a Google search would have showed you that. So, uh, <laughs> right? Like, so how, when you're reading people, how, how do you feel about, you know, trying to, or you what are you trying to get from them or obtain from them, maybe? Okay, so okay, so my reading's a little bit. Go ahead. Yeah. Did you say it? Oh, no, I was gonna say go ahead. We got a, we got a little lag going, so go ahead. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. So the way I do them is 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 different than let me read read like, yeah. Tell you your future. Tell you your future type of thing. What I do with people is I oh, I okay. I go. <laughs> I go, go in. Sorry, I was making notes over here and I didn't realize I was talking. <laughs> oh, no, you're okay. Um, so let's say if you and I, if I was to do a reading for you, I do pull cards and I do, uh, I have to get in your space. So I, I feel your presence. And then the, from the cards that I pull and I ask you, okay, what is it that you're wanting to work on? Because what I do is very much hands-on and experiential because what I want the person to walk away with is actual results that take form for them. And how that happens is, let's say, let's say you tell me that I have, um, you know, I have ghosts that haunt me every night. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. 
And you say, I, I don't know how to deal with it. Like it's, it's, it comes and I can't stop it. So how do I put a stop to it for them uh, barging into my space when I'm, when I don't want them to type of thing. So then we go in, in a meditation process and I have you access where you're not able to tune into yourself to be able to shut that off when you want to. And how that works is that sometimes it, not sometimes, all the time. It's associated to some kind of emo unresolved emotional issue or trauma that we've experienced in our life. And it happens usually between birth and about 14 years of age in this lifetime. And I've had people go back in the womb and I've had past life experiences too. So then what I do is take you to that situation where that occurred and you get to see it and experience it yourself. And then you're able, once you're able to see that, then it clicks in for you and it's like, almost like a soul retrieval you grab mm -hmm. that part of yourself back and then we bring it back into now so that's that's the type of work that i do it's not you know you're gonna meet your perfect lover in two years time <laughs> no we get yeah, down and do the work it's, it's very <laughs> a little, too clo little, too, little too close for you on that one right <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> One of the, one of the greatest so, challenges. That has that to be beneficial. Um, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say one of the greatest challenges that Bishop and I experience with all the, the individuals we work with is a lack of integration. Mm -hmm. Most people are fragmented, and they've got. And this is very, you know, I told you I had a Toltec teacher. This is very Toltec mm -hmm. in nature. Toltec translates as a person of knowledge and it's, it's ancient traditions. If you've read Carlos Castaneda, you know, his teacher, Don Juan Matus was a Toltec. And, and so it's very Toltec in nature is that you go back and you recapture. It's like Beersheba said, it's like a soul retrieval. Maybe your viewers have heard of that, but you're, you've got a, you've got an energetic connection mm -hmm. to a past issue that is holding you back and it makes you fragmented because you're not whole W H O L E you're, you're fragmented. And so when you become whole and you come back together and integrate, that's when you're really in your power and that's where you're capable of so much more in your life, your relationships and your business. So you mentioned work culture a few times earlier and now I'm picking, you're going to tell me that's a beautiful sign in the lobby when you come in and a meeting you have once and everything goes, okay, I'll stop and let you correct me here. <laughs> so culture is, first of all, you have to understand that your psychology always drives your strategy. How you think and feel is always going to determine how you act. And so mm -hmm. when we go into a business, we, we just, we recently worked with an, $80 million uh, company, international company. Mm -hmm. And they originally said, come in and help us with sales training. I said, okay, we can do that. We came in and we started to look around and we started to pay attention. And we said, hey, we can do sales training. But the fact is, if you lie, if you lay sales training on top of a poor culture, they're not going to implement it. They're not going to do it. Mm -hmm. Now, what's culture? Well, again, your psychology drives your strategy. So at an individual level, you have 
your values, your beliefs, your assumptions, your expectations, your perceptions, all these things are what drive our individual behavior. Well, in a business collectively, that's called culture. So it's the collective values, beliefs, assumptions, expectations, perceptions of all the team members. And when you can shift that internal game, because the internal always drives the external, period. Mm -hmm. You want to change your results, you have to change yourself. And so when you can help shift that internally for collectively the entire team, that's a culture shift. And, and so that's the kind of work that we do in businesses. And it's very powerful because what most people are looking for is just let's throw sales training at it and we'll get better results. Well, that just typically doesn't work. It might for a few people, but it's not going to work for the mass majority. Does that make sense? It does. And it's not a lasting change either because yeah, you, you get those results for a couple and then the culture slips back and takes over. And there you are cycling back through again, which That's is probably good for you. Repeat business. Oh. <laughs> well, not, not really because we're really committed to, to results. Yeah. It's not fun when it goes back. It's, it's not fun. I've, I've fired coaching clients, yeah. you know, because <laughs> I get to a point where I say, Hey, look, you know, I can continue. In fact, with this last company that I just referenced, we were making a really healthy, um, retainer every single month, mm. a healthy multiple five figure retainer every single month. And I said to the CEO, I said, look, we can continue to take your money, but I, we're not interested in that. You know, what we're interested in is helping you get results. Yeah. And, and we really are Jim, because, um, our, we live in tenuous times. We live in turbulent times. And Bersaba and I are very committed to making as positive of an impact in the world as we can with everyone that we're blessed to serve, whether it's an individual or whether it's a business. We're really, that's where you feel good. That's where we feel good mm -hmm. is when we, when we can look at someone we've been blessed to serve yeah. and say, Hey, look at where they started and look at where they are now. Yeah. And I, I'm thinking it's, you mentioned these tremendous tumultuous times in the world and people are bringing in these, this, all this baggage from outside politically, financially, all this other stuff. And then you're dumping them together. And sometimes it's not, they don't have the same, we'll just say political beliefs for the sake of a conversation here. So how do we get them to work together respectfully and not necessarily, you know what I'm going for here, yeah. hate each other. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. Want, you want to speak to that? Oh, it's a mess. <laughs> I'll say that. It's, uh, yeah, you know, uh, where do you even start with that? Because it's, okay, so there's, there's one good thing that's happening out of all this chaos is that it's pushing people here in the States to take a step back and go, wait a minute, what's really going on here? And it's taking... And it's making people take a step back and get back uh, to get in touch with their um, our common values, which is our mm -hmm. morals and belief in God and all this stuff. That's a great side of it. And we're going through a rough period, which I think it has to happen in order for us to come back to center. So that's kind of what's happening here. And I, I grew up in a country where this happened to the people in Iran and 
it did not have a very good ending. I mean, it's still going on. The the unhappy ending is still happening. And if people here, which I, I you know, I believe in America, so I'm I'm hopeful that it will turn around and I feel like we're heading in that direction. Yeah. You have to you have to keep hope. Yeah. You know, if you lose hope, then you, then it's hopeless. Yeah. And and that hopelessness is not a good place to operate from. And and so here's here's what what I know from my remember 10 years ago, I was 20 million dollars in debt and homeless. And that's a breakdown. Yeah. Um, and and Beersheba had a lot of her her challenges as well, which we haven't talked specifically about all of those. But every significant breakthrough is preceded by a breakdown. Mm -hmm. That's just how it works in this universe. You know, destruction and creation are two opposite poles of the same dance. Something has to be destroyed for something new to be birthed. And and we're going through the birthing process right now, and it's uncomfortable. And how how do we make a difference? Because we go, well, I can't change the political climate. I can't change the economy. I can't change the things that are going on in the world. Well, yes, you can. Mm. And the way you do that is by changing yourself first, because quantum physics tells us we're all interconnected. By the way, so does all, so do all spiritual traditions. And in Hinduism, they call it Indra's web. Everything is interconnected. Everything is interconnected. And so when you transmute yourself, mm -hmm. Then and only then can you maybe transmute your relationship. When you transmute your relationship, then and only then can you maybe transmute your community. Then and only then can you transmute your city, your state, your country, your world. You know, so many people are trying to look at, oh, I want to change the world, particularly younger generations. Those are the ones who are sitting in the audience going, I could do that, that you mentioned earlier. <laughs> you know, but, but the reality is, um, you know, there's a lot of talk about, I want to make an impact. I want to change the world. Well, the only way to do that is to change your world. Because we're all interconnected, you cannot not make an impact. We all make an impact, you know, from a mystical and and physics standpoint, Jim, everything that Beersheba and I do has an effect on you. Now, we can't logically trace that through, per se, but because we're all interconnected as a human race, everything that Beersheba and I do and everything that you do, Jim, has an effect upon someone in Russia and and so on and so on and so on. And so it's not about you know, can I make an impact? It's about what impact am I making? Mm -hmm. Because when I'm, when I'm in fear and when I'm in contraction and when I'm in doubt and when I'm in insecurity and I'm in struggle and all of those kinds of things, then that's the energy that I'm putting forth into this collective soup called the quantum field. And it is making a, an impact. It does make a difference. So start with yourself. Long answer to your question. But when you start with yourself, there's no there's no greater investment you can make. I, Beersheba and I tell people invest invest 10 times more in yourself than you do in your business. Because your business is a reflection of you. Your results are a reflection of you. And so if you want your results to change, you have to change. That's powerful. And so you're well, you're you're, you're good to take the roundabout way to get there. 
<laughs> so you've got you had the okay. So you've got the free books out. Is that what I'm understanding? I just want to make sure I didn't miss anything earlier because I, yes, my my shoddy handwriting here made me <laughs> makes me rethink everything that I wrote down. <laughs> we we have a gift for your viewers, and yes. and it comes with a tinfoil hat. No, it really doesn't. Um, but, I send those out anyways. It's okay. <laughs> we'll leave that up to you. Um, but but um, and and by the way, we have respect for the for the so-called tinfoil hat. I know we're doing that kind of tongue in cheek, but yeah. there's a lot of things that once were tinfoil hat that have become That's not so much that are not so much <laughs> tinfoil hat anymore. You know, the conspiracies have become the realities. Yes. And so, you know, maybe we could riff on that some other day, but our gift, our gift that we decided to give your viewers is a free copy mm -hmm. of my New York times bestseller, harmonic wealth, which we talked about earlier. And all you have to do is go to harmonicsuccess.com. Dot net. Oh, is it dot net? Yes. Okay. Harmonic success. Oh, she would know. Don't, don't ask the question. She, she said it. You just say yes, dear. Harmonicsuccess.net forward slash book. And yeah. instantly you'll, you put in your information and you'll get an e-copy mm -hmm. of, of harmonic wealth. But we decided to make it better than that because we're hoping at least and assuming that many of your viewers like to listen to things on the treadmill or in the car. Then we're also going to give you the free audio version in addition to the ebook. And then we also put together a film crew and shot a full feature film called Harmonic Wealth. And we're going to give you a free copy of the full feature film as well. So you get the book and the and the audio, audio book and the free no. the free film just go to harmonicsuccess.net forward slash book and then you'll be connected with us too and you and you know you'll you'll be able to communicate with us if you're interested and and we'd love to help you any way we can in addition to that yeah you answered my next question because people are out there wondering where they can get a hold of you uh i'm assuming socials as well Yes. We're all over social, every every platform. Uh we have our own our own individual Facebook, our own individual Twitter. Uh we have a joint account on Instagram right now, um, which is James Arthur and Bersaba Ray. Ray. Mm -hmm. And and then LinkedIn, of course. We're we're on all those platforms yeah. and we'd love to love to have you follow and, and we post there quite a bit. Good stuff. So as, as we're developing these conversations about spiritualism and business, what are, give me, I feel like we're missing something that we haven't talked about yet. So help me fill in that blank. I know it just feels like I'm missing something. I don't know what it is off the top of my head though. Well, I would just go back and say that all things are spiritual. We tend to think that spirituality is, is a practice and, and, you know, if you have three basic categories, you have, you have religion, you have spirituality and you have mysticism. Mm -hmm. And then we tend to think that business is completely outside of that. Well, Bersabah and I say, no, it's not because um, religion is a set of rules and regulations to hopefully bring us to a spiritual practice. A spiritual practice are things like meditation and yoga and chanting and, and, circumambulating and and all you know mm -hmm. incense burning and and tibetan bowls and and there's a time and place for all those things 
And then mysticism, truly defined, is a personal relationship with God. A mystic is someone who has a personal experience, not a belief, but an experience with God. And so when you get to that point of the mystic, then you realize that your entire life becomes your spiritual practice. Mm -hmm. You know, I have a, I have a meditative practice. So does Beersheba every single morning. And yet my entire life is my spiritual practice. It's not, it's not just my meditative practice in the morning. That is my spiritual practice or my yoga. It's my entire life. This, this interview is a spiritual practice. Am I able to bring my full spirit and my full attention and my full energy to this conversation with Jim. And if I am, then it's been a spiritual experience. If I'm not, then it might be, it might be something else, but it's not really a spiritual experience. I, I hope that helps. And, and we, when we go into a business, it's the same thing. You know, what you're doing is, is you're hopefully bringing inspiration in the Latin, the prefix in means to be in spiritus means to be spirit. You're bringing that inspiration. You're bringing that spirit into your business interaction. And hopefully when you're doing it right, it is inspiring. Ooh, good stuff there. Uh <laughs> Bear, you got anything you want to add before I ask this very cheesy last question I have? Oh, now I want to know what the cheesy last question is. <laughs> well, you're going to love it. It's a staple around here on the Mountain Report. It's the last question. It is, what is your favorite breakfast? You mentioned breakfast earlier, so I thought I was going to get it early, but you you, you reserved it, so that was good. So. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to think about that for a while. I am a foodie, so... <laughs> Come on, your favorite breakfast. Favorite breakfast. You know, we've started, <laughs> we eat, uh, we started eating red meat and we eat grass fed and finish organic red meat. So we started having hamburger patties for breakfast. A little bit of avocado on top and some blueberries. <laughs> it's actually pretty good. I didn't think it would be. We used to eat a lot of oatmeal before. And um, this is much better. You feel better. You're not draggy. You're not lethargic. It kind of holds you on for the rest of the day. It's it's uh it's been good, <laughs> right? Right. Avocado oh. and blueberry. That's a new one though. I have not heard that before. So yeah. well, the blueberries are on the side. The yeah, avocados right. on the on the beef patty. Yeah, well, it makes but, it. But well, but still, I mean, it's still close yeah. enough together. You're not. Yeah. I mean, I I understand. I have kids. They're not touching. I get it. But. You're still eating it all the same. <laughs> it makes it all together. It's all going in the same place. Yeah, you're not mixing it like. Yeah, you're not mixing it like my son would. You're. It's like my daughter's plate. It's all. <laughs> well, you two, it's been a blast and a pleasure. I hope you've enjoyed it as well. So we'll we'll catch up soon. I'm sure. We have. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you so much, Jim. Um, keep doing great work, and and we appreciate the opportunity. Yes. Thank you for having. If we us. can help you in any way. Let us know. I will. Thank you. Okay. God bless. Don't you know that you're a grown-up? I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, 
toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. Life sucks as a grown-up. All right, you think that was good enough? I, I hope so, man. I'm tired. <laughs> who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? Right. I, I, I've never done it. <laughs> no. Right.